this is Wyatt from realisticpreparedness.com and I was talking with a fellow a couple of days ago when we got on the topic of sleeping bags and he was asking me what do you think the best bag is and we ended up having a whole discussion about it. So I thought that some of you might have a similar question and might want to know you know, some tips and tricks on how to get the most out of the sleeping bag you already have. Also we'll go over some key points in the next few minutes so that if you do hit the store to go sleeping bag shopping you'll be able to make a smart purchasing decision. Uh, I'll even link some examples on the notes to this podcast on realisticpreparedness.com so that you can see the specific examples of what we're talking about. Now, the, the first big issue with sleeping bags is the temperature rating. There are different ways for determining the temperature rating of a sleeping bag, and none of them are really all that good. The U.S. system is just to have the manufacturer assign a number to the bag that represents their opinion of the lowest temperature that the bag would be comfortably used. Uh, the first big issue with this system is that different manufacturers come up with this magic number in different ways. Higher-end sleeping bags tend to have a, a more conservative rating, and less expensive bags can have really optimistic ratings. This can make things confusing when comparing between brands and trying to find a good deal. So here in a minute, we'll go over some of the trade-offs that can have a big effect on price. First, though, the other main measurement system that you might run into is the European system. The one big advantage with it is that it gives you a, a comfort range for a bag that is based on independent testing. This does make it easier to compare between bags from different manufacturers since they're all tested the same way, but it, it doesn't really address the main problem. The real reason why none of the temperature rating systems work all that well is that everyone is different. If you were to have 10 people camp out in the same tent on the same winter night in the exact same model of sleeping bag, you could ask them all the next morning how well they slept and you'd probably get 10 different answers. Someone would have been too hot, the person right next to them could have been too cold, the next guy would not have had enough foot room, and his buddy might complain about not having enough elbow room. And his wife might say that she slept great, and one of the kids would complain they couldn't figure out how the zippers worked, and they felt trapped in the bag, and on down the line. Some people just run hot. Others have a slower metabolism, and they run cold. Then you've got side sleepers and back sleepers, and folks who sleep all curled up, and those who sleep all sprawled out, and there just isn't one magic sleeping bag that's going to make all these people happy. Other than the temperature rating, there are a few factors to consider before laying down some money on a new bag. The first of these is the type of insulation used. The two most common options are down and synthetic fill. Down is the small underfeathers from geese and ducks. It's the warmest insulation by weight and also compresses more than synthetic fibers. Down also has the longest usable lifespan. I've got a sleeping bag in the back of my closet that's kept me warm on cold nights 30 years after it was made. A good down bag is a once-in-a-lifetime purchase. This is also a good thing since all the most expensive sleeping bags are down bags. Good down isn't cheap. Down is graded by how fluffy it is using the fill power rating system. Basically, anything over 500 is pretty good, with higher numbers giving you fluffier, lighter, more compressible, and, and more expensive bags. Really high-end bags will use 800 or higher fill power down, but expect to pay a premium for those. The one big thing to be aware of about down bags is that they lose most of their insulation power when they are wet, and they don't dry very quickly. 
Now, this is not a deal killer. Stuffing a down bag into a trash bag will keep it dry if you have to carry it in the rain, but if you're going to be somewhere where it rains often and you won't have easy access to a place to dry out, it should be a consideration. Personally, I like down bags. I've used them. I've never really had that big of a problem with that issue. Next are synthetic fill bags, and they can vary widely in quality and price. There are plenty of really cheap synthetic sleeping bags out there that will work just fine to throw in the trunk of your car or behind the seat of your truck in case you end up having to spend the night on the side of the road or in the woods. There are also very good quality well-made synthetic bags. The less expensive synthetic bags usually don't compress well at all and they're fairly heavy, but this isn't a big deal for the top of the closet or keeping in the back of a vehicle. It isn't a bad idea to consider keeping a few sleeping bags in the top of your closet in case the power goes out, or you have unexpected guests in an emergency, or your kids just want to have a camp out in the living room. As you move up to the more expensive synthetic bags, the insulating fluff used to fill the bag will get fancier and more high-tech. This leads to lighter, more compressible sleeping bags. Some of the most modern and most expensive synthetic bags can approach the weight and compressibility of some down bags. I've got synthetic sleeping bags as well. Once again, they work fine. There are some features to look for that set apart basic sleeping bags from fancier models. Some of these are just nice, and others actually help to keep the bag warm in colder weather. Uh, one nice feature is a hood. This helps to keep your head warm and kind of in place of a hat. Uh, a draft tube usually running along the zipper or by the neck. This is just an extra flap sewn into the sleeping bag and stuffed with insulating fluff to cover gaps in the insulation. Where there's the zipper, there's no insulation there. So the draft tube kind of covers that zipper. Same thing around your neck. These tend to be cut off like a collar so that you can put it around your neck and kind of help keep that warm air around your body so you don't get a cold breeze going down beside your neck taking all the warm air out of the sleeping bag. A water-resistant coating to the exterior of the sleeping bag. This is nice for kind of keeping dew at bay, keeping you know, mist from getting into your sleeping bag, soaking into the nylon, then soaking into your insulation. It's not waterproof. You can't take a garden hose and hose your sleeping bag down and expect it to stay bone dry. Uh, sleeping bags that come with both a stuff sack and a storage bag, this saves you from having to find one that works later on. The stuff sack lets you pack the sleeping bag and then squish it down really small before carrying it around. The storage bags let you store it fluffed up so that it maximizes the lifespan of the bag, doesn't overcompress the insulation, and ruin your sleeping bag. A pillow pocket is nice. This is just an extra piece of cloth that's sewn in the sleeping bag under your head. So you can stick a jacket, something like that, in there kind of a, a make-do pillow. makes for a more comfortable night's sleep if you don't have a pillow. Some sleeping bags will have a small zipper pocket. has enough room for maybe your keys, a flashlight. This can be really convenient if there's something that you make sure you don't want to lose in the night. Also, the length of some sleeping bags. Well, they'll have a regular length or a long version for tall folks. Usually the point of demarcation is around six feet. Six feet or less, give or take. Regular sleeping bag over six feet, the long bag. 
The long sleeping bag can be a nice option if you have some stuff you want to keep with you in the sleeping bag to keep it warm. If you have you know, a water bottle, you don't want to freeze. You have camera equipment. You've got electronics. You've got, so you want to have a change of clothes, a nice pair of socks you want warm in the morning. You can stick them down in the foot of your sleeping bag that little bit of extra room. The trade-off being is it's that much more space that your body's going to have to create heat and warm up that air. Some sleeping bags also have a gender-specific cut. Some brands will have a woman's version of the sleeping bag. It just has a slightly different shape and offers a little extra insulation because statistically, women run a little bit cooler than men. So, a bunch of different options there. There are also a few different styles of sleeping bag. The two different extremes are the mummy bag and the rectangular bag. Mummy bags are the lightest and the smallest to pack away since all of the extra parts of the sleeping bag have been trimmed off. Rectangular bags give you the most room to move around on the inside of the bag, and many of them can be zipped open down the side and then across the bottom to fold open and be used like a quilt, but they don't pack down very small or compress well since there's just a lot of extra fluff and fabric used to make this type of bag. Now, do keep in mind there are hundreds of different variations out there that fall in between these two extremes. And it seems like every year manufacturers tweak their designs a little and offer something slightly different. So, if you want something in between these two extremes, you're in luck. Plenty of choices. One common question, though, is, is how can I tell the quality of a sleeping bag? Well, there are a few quick checks that you can do to get a pretty reliable assessment of a sleeping bag in less than a minute. First thing, uh, put one of your hands inside the sleeping bag and put the other hand outside the bag, and then squeeze your two hands together. And does the sleeping bag feel fluffy? The fluff is what's going to be keeping you warm, so the answer you're looking for is yes. If it doesn't feel fluffy, maybe somebody's been cutting corners on insulation. Or take a look at the tag. Maybe this is a sleeping bag designed for really warm weather, like a 45 degree bag. Maybe that fits your needs, but if you're looking for something that can use three, four seasons, this isn't going to be the one. Next, uh, you can run the zipper the full length of the bag, and does it run from top to bottom without snagging on anything? A good sleeping bag will have some kind of a strip of heavier fabric on the inside by the zipper, where it will be designed to keep the fabric of a bag out of the way of the zipper. If the zipper doesn't want to run the length of the bag without jamming or it feels rough, then maybe someone's trying to cut some corners and hope you don't notice there. Then take a look at a, a few rows of the stitches on the outside and the inside of the bag. What you're looking for is are the stitches tight against the fabric or are they loose and sloppy looking? Good stitching is a sign that whoever sewed that sleeping bag cared at least a little about what they were doing. And then lastly, do a little research and ask around to see if the company whose name is on the bag has a reputation for taking care of problems. Um, this is not always related to price. For example, I had to deal with Kelty's warranty department one time, and they've been over backwards to make things right, even though a lot of their gear is not really expensive stuff. On the other hand, I'll never buy another Marmot product again, no matter what they come up with, after the experience I had with their warranty folks. When I had to deal with them, it was pretty obvious that they were paid to try to find a reason to not take care of the customer. After about like three phone calls, one of their folks basically told me that she'd love to help me out and really did think that my claim was totally valid, but she'd be in trouble with her boss if she did anything other than say no. And that's really pretty sad, as Marmot makes some pretty nice jackets and stuff. 
Fortunately, this is the exception rather than the rule when dealing with well-known outdoor brands. Most of them want your repeat business. They're aware of word of mouth. They will go out of their way to help you, but just look around find out in advance. Most of the outdoor gear made by reputable companies is really good stuff, but nobody's perfect. Everybody has something that slips through quality control from time to time. If it's yours, you want to make sure they'll make it right. Another thing to keep in mind is that how you will use a sleeping bag makes a big difference. Putting a ground pad under the bag will make it act like a warmer sleeping bag. If you're trying to sleep directly on the ground, your weight will smoosh down all the bag's insulation under you so that the bottom of the bag really doesn't work very well. I can tell you there have been cold nights before where I could feel the ground under me just leeching the warmth right out of my body. Those were some really long nights. This is easily fixed with just a cheap closed cell foam pad or a, a fancy self-inflating mattress. Lots of options out there. In a pinch, you can even just make a pile of pine straw and leaf litter and then throw a tarp over it. and You'll be able to tell the difference between sleeping on the pile and on the ground right next to it. Old-timers used to make a bed out of pine tree branches. Well, it's called a pine bow bed, so don't limit your creative options when you're in a pinch and short on gear. Next big factor is where you will be sleeping. Spending a night on the floor of a house, the backseat of a car, or in a tent is going to be warmer than sleeping outside. Having something to block the wind and keep off rain in the morning dew will make a big difference. This is true even if your shelter is just a tarp or a lean-to that you've lashed together. Also, if you've ever been hiking or taken a walk down the road at night, you've probably noticed that some places are warmer or cooler than others. You might walk down a hill into a pocket of cool air, or find that the temperature drops off near the, where the road or the trail crosses a stream. If you're trying to stay warm, don't spend the night down in one of those low spots where the cold air is going to settle. Find somewhere at a little higher elevation where you can find a warm spot. Now, there are some tricks to staying warm and kind of getting the most out of your sleeping bag. First, pull the sleeping bag out of the stuff sack and let it sit out and fluff up for a while before you climb into it if you can. A fluffy sleeping bag is a warm sleeping bag. Another, uh, in really cold weather, throw one of those 99 cent disposable hand warmers in your bag to preheat it and help you stay warm during the night. Don't use a space heater or, or run a gas lantern in your tent at night to keep warm. They can slowly use up the oxygen in the tent and you won't wake up in the morning. You'll end up room temperature. Another one is pee before you go to bed. You are less likely to have to get up at 3 a.m. to go, but your body does not have to work to keep all of that water in your bladder at 98.6 degrees and can use that energy to keep the rest of you warm. Also, keep in mind sleeping bags reflect heat, but they do not create it. If someone is cold enough for it to be a serious emergency, just sticking them in a sleeping bag may not be enough. They might need a sleeping bag buddy to help warm them up. A hat like a watch cap or a beanie will help keep your head warm, which is a priority for your body. If your head and your internal organs are warm, then your body will send more warm blood to your fingers and toes. So if you have cold feet, put on a hat. Also wearing a watch cap and polypro long underwear like Thermax to bed will help keep you warm and dry. Uh, the underwear will wick sweat away and you sweat more than you realize during the night. It will also help to keep your 
sleeping bag clean from dirt and body oils, things like that that can kind of build up, give a little bit of a funk. Also the zippers on a sleeping bag, they're your thermostat. Unzip the bag to cool off, stick a leg out for going even cooler. An old bed sheet or a sleeping bag liner type sheet gives you even more ways to extend the temperature range of your bag. If you're sleeping on top of it in warm weather, to wrapping up inside to stay warmer. It's also nice to have a way to keep your legs and arms from rubbing against each other if you're just nasty, sweaty, dirty, filthy, you haven't bathed in a while. So you're against you, you realize how disgusting you are. Now taking care of your sleeping bag so that it lasts a long time and keeps you warm is really pretty easy. For most cleaning needs, just shake it out and brush it off. If you really need uh, to wipe down the outside, get a barely damp rag, wipe it off, and then just let it dry in the sun. If you have to, hand wash it in your bathtub, but only do this if it was part of an accident and is filthy and just downright unsanitary. Using a specialty soap like Woolite, if you really feel the need, is a good idea. Or if you can avoid it, just use water. The biggest thing is to dry it out really well after it gets wet. Turn it inside out and let it sun for a while. If you need to fluff it up, throw it in the dryer with some tennis balls and tumble it for a bit with the heat turned off. That will actually go a long way to re-fluffing what might seem like a dead sleeping bag. One of the biggest things is don't store your sleeping bag all wadded up in the stuff sack. The stuff sack is designed to pack it down as small as possible for hiking or camping, those kinds of things. This compresses the loft, and a sleeping bag that is no longer fluffy is a bag that doesn't work well anymore. If your sleeping bag did not come with a separate storage bag, you can keep it in a laundry bag, a pillowcase, or just fold it up a few times, pretend it's a quilt, and stick it on the top shelf of your closet, but store it somewhere where it can fluff up, stay fluffy. The good news is that for most people, any one of the many good quality 10, 10, 20, 30 degree bags out there for sale work just fine for most situations. This gives you a good sleeping bag for spring, summer, fall, and then winter and milder climates. And just decide how you're going to use this bag and then shop for the features that will make the most sense and fit your budget. There are some excellent deals to be had when shopping in online stores, especially if you catch a sale. If you stick with the higher-end brands like Sierra Designs, Mountain Hardware, Western Mountaineering, the North Face, REI Store Brand, Thermarest, or a dozen or more different well-known brand names, you should do just fine. However, don't rule out your local mom-and-pop type outdoor stores. The folks there will usually know more about their products than anywhere else. If you are a one-and-done kind of person who just wants to get a top-quality bag once and use it for the rest of your life, these local stores are usually a solid option. They'll give you a chance to put your hands on the bags before buying one and are often more than happy to even let you throw a few bags down and climb into them, kind of give them a trial run before you spend any money. I found killer deals before at local stores when I was able to snag one of last year's color or maybe last year's style. So really is worth stopping by on the way home from work one day if you get the chance. Now, that should be more than enough information to make you a sleeping bag expert without getting bogged down in the science and engineering side of things. Don't forget, we plan and prepare so that we don't have to worry about things. 
not so that we can worry about them. As always, you can find out more about this and other similar topics at realisticpreparedness.com. Take care, and we'll talk to you soon.